everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. I'm really pumped to be with you today. My guest, it's another one of my, my favorite types of episodes today where I get to turn the tables on someone who had me on their show. I was on Anthony D. Domenico's WW Bros podcast a few weeks ago, and now it's time for him to sit in the hot seat on the Fat Guy Forum. When I was on his show, we talked about him wanting to hit some milestones before we got him on here. So I, I'm excited to kind of dive into that with him. But uh, he's a he's he's a great guy. I'm not going to put too much pressure on him, but he is a comedian by trade. So I'm expecting um, some some nice quips, at least that I can use in, in slinging some content on this episode. But uh, no pressure, no pressure out there on him. Uh, but we'll we'll get started. Anthony, how are you doing today, man? Good. How you doing, Gormy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, before we get started, should I call you Anthony or should I call you Antony? Um, I feel like ah. there's <laughs> there's 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 a you're you're from Long Island. There's a I I went to where I went to college. Um, I would say my my freshman year, ninety percent of my floor was from Long Island. So I had a great immersive experience in Long Island culture. So I. I understand that we're getting to the time of year where you might need to switch out your BMW for a, an SUV. Um, you know, like there's a, a lot of uh, that was something that literally happened my freshman year of college. There was a I, I went uh, to college in Ithaca and yeah. there was a, a one of the women on my floor called her mom when we had our first snow and said, you're going to need. And I heard her say to her mom, you're going to need to come get the Beamer and I'm going to need the SUV because I cannot handle these roads. And you uh, could hear the yeah. mom was the mom. The mom was like, but I need the car. And she's like, mother, I need the car. So I don't want to say that's shaded my view of Long Island culture for going on 20 something years now. Maybe a little bit. I'll I'll be I'll be upright with you, man. Like, I'll, I'll let you know that. So if you drive like 10 minutes south of me, yes, that's the <laughs> that's the culture that uh, that is. But no, we were we weren't like we have one car all seasons. So when it snowed, you 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 said a hail mary and you, you drove in the snow. That was that was those changing out beamers for SUVs. Oh, uh, I will accept that, and I'll, <laughs> I'll make, maybe maybe during this discussion, I will walk away having learned something. I think that's always a you know it's good for us to take lessons away. So I'm hoping, yeah. you know, maybe to get a better understanding today. But uh, so you know, let's let's dive right into it. Uh, enough of my rambling. Uh, let's. Start, let's tell the people out there, Anthony, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Okay. Well, uh, Fat Kitson's birth uh, always had an issue with weight and food. And I didn't understand it as a child. It was like a weird thing. Like I was just, I always thought about it. And it was like, what am I going to eat? What am I going to eat next? And, you know, I guess as you get older, you, you kind of understand like you got like kind of a weird addiction to, to food. And it's weird because you need it to survive. So all through like my childhood, high school, uh, I always overate and an emotional eater. Ate when I was happy, sad, whatever. If there was just a reason to eat, I would do it. And I didn't really start gaining a lot more weight until I was in high school when we were able to go out for lunch. And I just was eating fast food every day. And, you know, and then you eat dinner and you go out with your friends. And at the end of the night, you end up at like a Taco Bell or Burger King or something like that. So we we just really... Started packing on the pounds in my late teens, early twenties, 
And again, it, you know, it's weird. Like when you're younger, you your your bodies handle it better. Like you're more physical and you can do things. So again, it never was an issue. I was playing flag football, softball. So it was never like, oh, I got to lose weight because it's going to be a health risk. <clears throat> uh, I went on a cruise about like 20, about, I was probably like around 23. And I saw pictures of myself and I was like, you know what? I think it's time to do something. That's the first time I joined. Uh, then Weight Watchers, now WW, and I lost 150 pounds in two years, but never had the right mindset for it, and it came back on over time, plus more, and I've always, I've been on Weight Watchers, WW, since that point, on and off, and then I've had another good run with it. I lost 100 pounds for my brother's wedding from 2011 to 2012, but in between then, it was just eating and hiding, eating from people, and not doing the right thing. Like every girl I was ever with, she always wanted me to lose weight and it was just for health reasons. And you know, I never really paid attention to that and I would sneak eat. And, and I got to a certain point, like the, as time went on, I would start and stop, start and stop again. And every time I stopped, I would gain like double the weight back. And that brought me up to when I joined Weight Watchers again in 2017. I, it was just, I wasn't sick but I felt sick and my mobility was just like non-existent. I could barely walk a hundred feet without like being in pain at work. I would like get up, like just to go to the bathroom. Really. I wouldn't, I would coordinate all my movements. Like if I'm getting up, I'll, I'll go get a drink. I'll get, go to the copy machine. I'll do all this at one swoop because I don't want to have to get up again. So it just became a life that wasn't being lived. And I was, I one night I ordered this big Chinese dinner and I got so full like it was up to like my throat and I, I was I was breathing heavy and I'm like this is how they're gonna find me just like laying here with Chinese food cartons around me and like I said it's ridiculous so I called my best friend Nick who um at the time was chasing around after a two-year-old and he had he was the heaviest he ever was too and we both decided to go back to WW, and it was the best decision I ever made. And now, two and a half years later, here I am. And uh, it I never thought it would change my life the way it did. And, and that's, you know, great to hear. And that's and it's funny, because I first discovered you through our, our, a mutual friend yes. that has nothing to do with, with weight loss or any of that. No, I don't think um, he ever has. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure Rob, that's our friend Rob Hackett. I'm going to have to make sure he hears this episode. Like, I, I feel like this is like one he's going to have to hear. But I I remember Rob, or it might have been his wife, Liz, shared like a, a clip of your comedy. And I cracked up and I was like, oh, I got to listen to this guy. And I always, you know, obviously when you're a fat guy, you have an affinity for bigger, you know, especially bigger comics. You know, like when I get to we get we get to the end of the episode and we do the fat guy five. Everyone always talks about, you know, John Candy, Chris Farley. You know, the funny fat guys like have a resonance. And when you're a big guy and you always have to be like the class clown and the comic because you're, you know, defending and deflecting all those things, you resonate with with those people. So I was like, oh, this guy's really funny. So I started following you. And it was like soon after, you know, that we both kind of got back into our journeys. Yeah. And, you know, so it was so it was kind of wild to watch, like, you know, kind of we've both been on this road for a similar amount of time and kind of heading there. And. Uh, and then, like, the more I kind of get into your story, like, and saw what you were going through and hearing about your successes and failures and successes and failures, I'm like, wow, there's, like, we've got a, a fair amount of parallels. So it's, it's been fun to 
as an outsider, kind of watch what you've been going through and the lessons you've been learning. And, you know, one of the things like before, I, I want to talk about a couple of things in your past, like to kind of get into kind of what brings into you like your, you know, kind of like what you went through with your weight. But one of the things that I want to I want to jump into is like why we held off having you come on the show. You know, we you know, that's I, th I think that's important, you know, for us to, to talk about that a little bit like you have a podcast. We talked about, you know, like I I said that, you know, you started that. Was that 2018 that you started it? Yeah, January 2018, end of January. So we're coming up on two years. And I wasn't even I wasn't even going to do the podcast, to be honest. Like I, I always did. Well, as I got I'm a comedian. And also I, I got started in radio first. I did radio for um, for a few years. I went to this place, Connecticut School of Broadcasting. When I graduated from there, I did some local stations. And uh, I actually got into internet radio before anybody was doing internet radio. So there wasn't really anybody listening to it on then. Uh, it was just a station that had us on. And so I always had that passion to do like radio and be on radio. And so back, I started doing podcasting about 2012, uh, 2011, 2012. And always on, I was always doing some kind of a podcast. And I'm, as I said, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. So, uh, I, I was doing wrestling podcasts as well, and I was going to think about starting another wrestling podcast. And I put, but something in my head also said, maybe like do something with the weight loss. And people were telling me, like other comics, like you should do something with the weight loss. You know, it's something different and, you know, you, you can give your take on it and people are probably more invested than anything else you're doing. And I put a Instagram poll up. I said, I'm thinking about starting another podcast. So I put, uh, which one do you think I should do? And I said, a Weight Watcher one or wrestling? And it was like, the percentage was 99 to one that I should do the, the Weight Watcher podcast. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give this a, ch a shot. And I never, and I'm sure you can imagine this as well, doing your own. I never thought people would gravitate to it the way they did. And it, it, I get messages from people all over the world. And it really is humbling and flattering that people are listening to what I'm saying and what I'm going through. And I think it's because I'm so, uh, I don't hold anything back on it. And because I'm so real on it that I think that people are uh, gravitated towards it. Uh, I think so. And, and, and I think it's really unique. Like, I remember, because I have several experiences with, with Weight Watchers, you know, now WW, as a kid, as you and I have discussed before. And it was always predominantly women, you know, at all my meetings, everything I went to was always predominantly women. So to see, you know, a guy saying, you know, WW isn't just a program for women like it doesn't one of the w's isn't women no. like it you know it's it's for it's for all people I, I think it's i think it's great not just for you to be an ambassador for that program but for you to be an ambassador for men that struggle with these issues like i, I think that's something that if people haven't checked your show out you know and aren't following your pages like one of the things that anthony is really great at you know is he lets us know exactly what's going on with him and I like that you you your weigh-in day is the day you record your podcast. That's that's why I did it. Yeah, I, w I wanted to be like, here it is, right? Fresh emotion. <laughs> you get it. You get everything. <laughs> and I think I think that's it. Like we do get that. Like there there are times like because you, you know as as people that have been on weight loss journeys for years, like you know that it's no, there's no straight lines, and there are we have we we have weeks where we expect amazing results on the scale because like you know you nailed your workouts and you nailed your food and you nailed your water and your sleep and you're like i've done everything i'm supposed to do and you get on that scale and it it fucks you and you're like 
Oh my God. And I can only imagine like, I know you've had some of those and you've had some of those weeks recently. Just recently. And you, you then, you then go on and do your podcast. And I, I think that's amazing. And I think that's one of the things that like can really resonate for people. Like knowing that, you know, no matter good, bad, ugly, whatever the day's doing, you get out and you keep doing it. And I just think that's really awesome, man. Yeah, I, it's it's crazy. I mean, anybody, anybody that's been on any kind of weight loss journey, no matter what you're doing, it's it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be the hardest thing you ever do. And that's what I try to get across to people. And you know, like I said, like I had, you know, I lost this week, but the last two weeks before, I had huge gains. And people, they say like, like what was different? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm racking my brains. Like, what I, I worked out. The only thing that was different was I was getting, I had uh, arthritis in my knee and I was getting my gel shot treatment. So I wasn't as active, but I don't think I was anything to, to warrant those gains. Like my, my food was on point. Everything else was on point. Like I, I, and it's just like, I don't know what else I could have done besides not eating that would have made me lose weight, which again, I'm, I would never do because it's very unhealthy. Um, so and, you know, and I do take, and I'm, I, I guess sometimes, like, you know, because I am so public with this and I am so, I make myself very vulnerable. I do, I'm very sensitive about it as well. And someone was like, well, your Saturday morning breakfast looked really big. And I'm like, well, actually, let me break it down for you exactly what it was. And as I broke it down, like, my calories, I'm like, you know, it was not what you think it is. I said, believe me, if it was what I wanted it to be, it would have been a lot more just because something looks, and I do that to myself too when I cook. It has to, I play with my own mind. Like everything's low calorie, low, you know, within my points and everything. So it's very, everything's mapped out. I'm not doing anything, you know, I'm not going off the rails. Uh, and so, you know, it, it is frustrating. So that's why I do the podcast on Monday nights because now you have that raw motion. And people, a lot of people that write me, I get a lot of people say they, they don't have workshops in their area. Like the, the furthest one is for like, you know, miles away or they don't like the one they go to. And even a lot of guys have written me and said, there's no, I'm the only guy, so your podcast is like my my workshop each week, my meeting. I I, I tune in and I get what I need, and I, I I still can't believe that that it's like that for people because I never thought like it it would ever be that. And as it keeps going, you know, I'm very thankful people keep more followers keep coming on, and people uh, <laughs> I've heard like people say they 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 binge listen to my podcast, which I, it's crazy because. I just associate binge listening or anything to like, you know, something you do on Netflix and now they're doing it with my podcast. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm very thankful I, I did it. And it also keeps me accountable. I got to come on the air every Monday and I do, a, I record, I, my, I put my live on, you know, my recording live. So every Monday at eight o'clock I'm on there live and you're getting, you're getting me and you're getting what happened and you're getting a fresh emotion. Which I think is always helps people. I think deal with whatever they're going through as well. Oh, I, I definitely think it does. I think your story resonates for people and what you're dealing with in those moments. Because whether someone has hundreds of pounds to lose or twenty pounds to lose, they have frustrating weeks, you know, and they have fantastic weeks. And like we also get to celebrate with you, which I think is great. Because I do. I want to talk about like you. So when you started your podcast, you know, talking about your experiences, you were you were open and real and raw about your experiences, but you held back one piece of data. Uh, you held you held you held back a piece of information, and that was your starting weight. And as someone who's lived a life dieting, we all know that, like when especially when you see someone talking about their weight loss journey, you look for the starting weight. Like it's, I think it's just like 
it's like pitcher stats. Like you, you flip over the baseball card and like you're looking to see what your, you know, what numbers you can find on a person or, you know, how many belts a champion has, you know, yeah. in the WWE, like that kind of thing. Like, so I was always like, he's not telling us on purpose. Like, I, that's how my brain operates. Yeah. And I'm like, there's got to be like, a, there's got to be something going on. Like, we're going to, we're going to, there's got to be something happening. And then eventually you talked about saying when you hit the 200 pound down mark is when you would kind of have, you know, it, you were going to like get put, throw on some Oprah jeans and pull out the wagon. Um, <laughs> and you know, like, it, I know you're old enough to get that reference. Yes, my mother watches Oprah are prob- every, are pro- day, every day. <laughs> I'm probably sure most of the people here listening don't get Oprah in her jeans and black polo pulling out a pulling out a wagon of fat on her show. Yeah, uh, but go Google it, people. Google Google Oprah in wagon <laughs> fat and see what happens. I don't know what will happen, but I would love for people to come back and let me know. But you. We're waiting to hit that milestone. And when we talked on your show, you were you were close, but you mm-hmm. weren't there yet. And you hit that milestone. I, I did. And I, I wish I could say that I, at the beginning, I did it for the theatrics of it. But I, I it, it was more insecurity and, and embarrassment and ashamed. And because the first, I don't know why it's okay to go up to somebody who's overweight. And the first thing you ask them is how much they weigh. I don't know why that is okay. So people would say that to me. I actually had, I was on stage one night and I'm, I'm doing my act and some guy just yells out from the crowd. He goes, Hey, how much do you weigh? And I just, my first, I said, 10 pounds less than your mother. That's exactly what my response was to him. And he shut him up very quickly. And so it was just, I, I don't know why, like it's, it's, and people say like, I get the weirdest thing said to me after shows. Someone came up to me and asked if I was wearing a fat suit. If I planned that, um, they've asked me, do I bring my own, bring, bring my own chairs with me? And my whole thing is that if you want to try to be funny and be a, be a dick, I'm going to make you feel like an asshole. So one night I'm standing outside the comedy club after a show with another comedian of mine who's in shape. And this guy comes and goes, you know what would be funny? You guys traded shirts. So I'm like, why would that be funny? And he's like, you know, I go, no, no, I want you now to explain to me why you think that would be comedically funny. I said, come on, explain to a comedian why that's not. And he just, he was like stutter. My friend's like, let it go. I'm like, I'm not letting it go. Another guy had said to me one time, I was talking about getting a tattoo. Another time, I have, I have a few of them. And I was talking about my next one. He goes, they got to use more ink on you. I go, why would that use more ink on me? I said, why? Why, why would that use more ink? I said, Come, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm holding one of my tattoos to his arm. I'm like, that would fit on your arm perfect, right? So why would they have to use, is it a special tattoo? I, and he wouldn't, and he was just like, I'm like, yo, you have to explain it to me now. You said something really stupid, and I want to hear your explanation for it. So I can get very defensive very quickly. Um, and being a comedian, I have a better response than you're going to have. Uh, so, and then I, 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 I I, people that I follow on Instagram really inspired me because they put that, they put everything out there. And I was like, okay, eventually I want it because it was the heaviest I ever was. So eventually I want to put that out there. So it was around the time when I had lost like about 150 pounds. I was like, okay, you know what? When I lose 200 pounds, I will reveal my starting weight. And it is my second most downloaded episode. And it just came out very recently. People, I think it's um, and of course me being the cynic and 
I'm like, oh, everybody wanted to be a washwoman and see how much and what a what a fat bastard I was, and they wanted to hear that. And my friend, my friend Tracy was like, no, maybe they just wanted to celebrate with you. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, it just as a comedian, we have that mind. It's always we go to the negative a lot of times, and so I I, I think about it that way as well. But yeah, I, I announced my starting weight, and I, and I I couldn't believe what I had gotten to because. Uh, I remember looking, and I have that. I'll have that sense memory forever in my in my life in my head. Sitting there in my my first workshop back on May first of twenty seventeen, I'm looking in my book, and the number says five hundred and eighty three pounds, and I was seventeen pounds away from six hundred, and it scared me like nothing else did because that's not that's, you know, when you you hear people that have died because they're 600 pounds and they've been having to be craned out of their houses and all this stuff. Like it just was like, I can't believe I got into this point and I can't believe that I was so shut off from it that I, I didn't recognize it and realize it that, you know, it, it was almost, it was surreal. And I'm looking, I was looking at that number and, I, and it was, that's why I, I waited so long because I didn't want anybody to know that number. I didn't want anybody to know I was that close to it. And I remember the first time I, I told my dad, I told him way, oh, like way before, and he was like, I thought you were up there. He goes, I didn't think you were that high, but I thought you were close. And my, one of my best friends who's a comedian, he he kind of knew I was around that, that because he's also a personal trainer by trade. So he was like, no, I knew you were up there. So it was, and then it's just a number now. I put it out there and. You know, I'm almost, I'm about 200 pounds down and I'm in the threes. I'll take it. I'm happy being in the threes. It's, it's, I never thought I'd be happy being in the 300 pound mark. And, but I remember when I got past 400 pounds, it was a, it was a big deal to me again because I haven't seen this. I haven't seen 300 pounds, uh, since my twenties. So it's, it's a big, it's a big deal to me. Oh, it is a big deal, man. Like, I, and I think that's something people miss miss sometimes. Like, and that's and and one of the I, like I I obviously I, I'm not trying to do like gotcha journalism to get you to talk about numbers, but as someone who was over 500 pounds myself, like I think there's some things there for us to talk about because I don't think one I I think you just hit on something that I I wanted to bring up, which is so when we hit you know when guys that start out over 500 pounds hit 300 pounds, hit 350, even get it you know break out of 400. It's like celebration moments. And then you know there are people out there who write about their starting weight was 320 pounds and they thought the world was ending and like <laughs> life was going to, you know, how were they surviving at they their weight almost hit three, you know, I love. And this is I could I feel like I can make these jokes because, you know, I was 540 pounds. Yeah. But like I love there's nothing I love more on Instagram when I see someone's like especially a guy like women I think carry weight differently, deal with different challenges. But when I, when I see a guy's post where it's this very intense, emotional, and I know it took a lot for them to share it post where, and they're like, and when I saw that number on the scale, I knew my world would end soon. And, and the, the darkness was encroaching and death was there. And how much did I weigh? I was 250 pounds and I hit that point and I'm an awful person, but I laugh and I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like, I get it. Like, and I know there's someone listening who's going to have had that experience and get pissed at me. I don't care. Uh, but I literally am like, when, it, when you see someone talk about their world ending and they're like, their weight is a weight that I would, like, I would see that. I remember seeing that and when I was still in the 400s. And I wanted to message that person to be like, 
you need to shut up because if I got to 250, I would do a freaking dance with my shirt off on top of the Empire State Building. Seriously, my lowest adult weight was 258, and that was back in uh, 20, 2005. My lowest adult weight, I was, that's why I lost 150 pounds. I was 258 pounds is my lowest adult weight. See, and so it, no, that, I mean, like that makes it's, it, and it's crazy. And I know it's all relative. And I feel like I have to, like, we live in a time where you have to put those disclaimers out there to make people feel better about themselves. But I just think it's really, I think there's a scope sometimes to the journey of someone who starts out in over 500 pounds, almost 600 pounds that people don't understand because like you have done, you know, like you've lost 150 pounds, you lost hundred pounds, you regained it, you regained more. And you decided to come back to this journey again. And I know that that's not an easy decision to come back to because you've been down this road. You know, it's not a short journey. You know, there's no six months to shredded in your future. You know, there's no 30 day challenge and everything's great. Like, you know, you're looking at years of hard work and you have to build up the energy and the momentum to break through the despair of seeing that road in front of you. Like when you saw your weight, you know, this, this was your highest weight. Had you seen your, like, had you seen a weigh in over 500 pounds before or was yes. this the first time? No, I, I, I was over 500 pounds. I've been over 500 pounds since, uh, I would say 2009, 2010. So I, I was the, the only time I got below it again was 200 was about, it was, what was that? 2011 and 12, I lost 110 pounds. I was in that 400 pound range again. Um, so then after that, it was off to the races. It was never below that again. And every time I went back, it was creeping up and creeping up. So like when you hear like 17 pounds away, that was, I was about two months away from 600 pounds. There was, I, I was gaining weight at that time. I was, my eating was out of control. It was just, it was fast food and whatever I could get my hands on. And so it was, it was scary because it was, it was there. If I didn't do something at that point. I would have been at 600 pounds be before the summer. And that's, and the, the only, you know, when you think about it, what are the options at that point? It's, it's surgery. It's, it's not something I want, which I never wanted to do. I never wanted to have the weight loss surgery. And I know people have had it. They're successful with it. It works for them. And I'm always, a, you know, on my podcast, it's one of the first things that we say is, listen, whatever you're doing works for you. Awesome. This is what work always worked for me. So I always knew that WW was 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 for me because it's the only thing I've ever had success on, and I've tried everything else. And so I don't put anybody down for doing anything else. I'm not one of those snobs that I'm doing this and it's better than what you're doing. If somebody, like I have a friend who's lost over 180 pounds with her surgery. She looks amazing. She feels amazing. She's doing it a healthy way. I've had her on my podcast before. I. I applaud her every time I say um, you're doing keto which is awesome you're doing amazing on keto I, I, and it works for you and you said you've tried WW in the past I've tried I guess a version of keto in the past and other things and we all have to find what works best for us so I didn't want to have to be forced to go and do something that I didn't want to do that I probably wouldn't have the right mentality like if I had the surgery you shrink my stomach. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose a lot of weight. It's just. It's a natural. It's, it's just calories coming in versus you know when you know. It's just. I was eating. A, I can't even imagine the amount of calories I was eating a day. So, so if someone shrunk my stomach. I'm gonna lose a lot of weight fast. But am I gonna be in the right mind frame? No. Am I gonna be healthy about it? No. 
And that's where those other problems come in that my dad sees working in the medical field. <clears throat> so I didn't want any of that. And then people, I know people that gain the weight back because they stretch their stomachs out. After a certain amount of time, your body adjusts to everything. That's another thing too. Like, you know, losing a large amount of weight, your your body is your biggest, your biggest adversary because it, it adjusts to everything you're doing. You have to constantly trick it and mess with it and, and fool with it. So I said, if I'm going to do this, I got to do it. This is the only way. And I said to myself, Anthony, if you don't do it this way and you're not successful, the only there's two other options. You're you're going to have to have the surgery or you're probably not going to be a C40. So I'm like, okay. And uh, that's why turning 40, people hate it. I loved it. I was like, this is an awesome milestone. I was almost down 200 pounds when I was 40. I was feeling the best I've ever felt. And I was like, you know... I probably wouldn't be here if I if I didn't walk back into those doors. So you know, it, and it all ties into that number. It all that that number, and it's still I still think about it all the time. It's five hundred eighty three pounds, and it's it it, it keeps me motivated <clears throat> that I never want to see that. I never want to go near that again. I want to get as far far away from that as possible. I think that makes total sense, man. Like you're and you're doing it. Like you're. You're making real change in your life. Like you said, you know, you hit that 200 pound mark. And, and as we started alluding to, like, you've had some, you've had some weeks where those numbers are changing. And honestly, like I would, if you were, if you and I were just talking offline about like, what the heck is going on, I would be like, you know, you're dealing with arthritis and some inflammation response in your body. Like there's a lot going on. So to me, you're still 200 pounds down. It's just, you're probably carrying some, some, some swelling and water because of this, the, the different things going on in your body. Like. And I have no doubts that we're eventually going to hear that you're 300 pounds down because I I think you're 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 incredibly motivated and focused and you know like right there like and that's honestly like I've talked about this before you know I knew I was headed either to the grave or to something I didn't want to face and you know that I, as simple as that is as a motivator I think people don't sometimes get that that like can really light a fire inside of you to realize like. You know, you know, and I just like how you put it, like 17 pounds when you're that big is not a huge amount. No, like it's, it's not, not something like someone who's like someone who's like 160 pounds. They think about going from 160 to 180 would be a complete life change to them. When you're 450, 500, 550 pounds, gaining 10 to 20 pounds is a is an eye blink at times. So like you're you're saying, like if you had decided to take another month, because you weren't sure what you wanted to do and wait in again, who really knows what you would have seen and what, you know, where, where your life would have went. It'd like, been well over 600. Yeah. It'd been well over 600 pounds. I think it's fantastic that you were able to recognize and get yourself right back into that mindset. And like you said, you use the tool that you know works for you. Like that's, and the funny thing is like, I've had people say like to me, even, you know, you used a low carb or paleo, like a type of diet that you're doing similar to what you're doing now before and you failed. Why didn't the diet fail you? I, I don't think diets ever really fail us. Like, I, I think we have either apply them wrong or we don't have the right mindset. And you started to talk on that a little bit when you talked about surgery. Like, I think one of the key challenges that can happen with surgery sometimes is, like you said, the weight loss comes so fast and furious that they don't, like the mindset doesn't have a chance to change and catch up. Whereas I think you know, if you're going about it a different way, like if you're that kind of person that needs that mindset shift, like not everyone does, but if you need that, almost having to work harder, longer to get just those initial points 
can be a, a better growth experience for your mentality in the long run. Like, I mean, like you said, I, I have some really good friends who have lost weight with weight loss surgery, but because they're like mindset warriors, like they knew what they needed to do and they, they locked it into place. But if you're not someone who's in that place, but if you're not in that place, if you're doing it because you think this is, this is going to save your life, of course, but you're doing it hoping that it's going to change everything and you're not ready to do the other work. Like you said, you can find yourself at the same weight you were before. I have a fair, I have a fair number of contacts on Instagram that are that are dudes that lost almost all their weight with weight loss surgery and regained it all, if not more. And now we're kind of back to square one and trying to figure out what to do. And do they have a revision? Do they, you know, are do they try something different? Like where do they go in their journey? And I and again, they're the body and the mind are not completely separate. And you need to make sure no matter where you where you how you're doing it and what you're doing that you're working on those things. Cause that's what I didn't do when I lost my weight in 2013 and get down to 210 pounds. I hadn't done anything to work on my mindset at all. Like I saw, I saw dieting as like, just take a break from what, how your life used to be and then you'll get back to it. And it wasn't until like, I actually started working on like what was driving what I was doing and what was making me, you know, have those late night drive through runs. And why was I, why was I headed to work in the morning before eight o'clock already so full that like I was, I was in pain. Like what was going on? And until we start to kind of, you know, unpack those things for ourselves, it, it can be really hard to tackle the other issues and the other things that come up, because I think there's such an, a, a link there with everything. Oh, absolutely. I was going to my, 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 you talking about mindset. My friend who had, had the weight loss surgery, she was originally told when she went, she wasn't heavy enough for it. So that kind of even messed with her mind even more. And I think she said she's tried everything and nothing worked. And again, you have to have the, the correct mindset going into this. Because that's the only thing that's changed for me this time is it always goes, what's different? What, what's why? Why now? Why this? Because I changed everything I knew and thought about food and, and, and everything else. You know, I still listen. I still have a very unhealthy relation with food. I always will. I'll always be a food addict. It'll always be something that's in my head. And I'll, it'll always be my cross to bear. Look, I, I don't I'm not a big drinker. I, 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 I don't I've never done hard drugs. You know, my thing is eating and food, and that's what I have to, to deal with. And I had to change my relationship with food. I had to change the way I think about things. And the scary thing is actually, instead of a big emotional eater, is just feeling the feelings and dealing with them and getting through it. That was the that was that's been the hardest thing. That's a, no, that's a solid point. Like when you're someone that used food to such an extent that you did or I did when you have to start facing those emotions, that can be incredible. Like what, like how, what, what I'm really curious about, like, cause I know one of the things like that I deal with a lot, you know, is my anger gets up really quickly. And like, I get strong emotions really, really quickly now. Like how has that impacted like your work as a comedian? Like in terms of like the material you're producing or even just like you're saying, like your responses to people, like do those emotions kind of fuel what you're doing now? Or do you find that sometimes you're like, Whoa, I'm not, I'm heading off of funny and into something that might be mean or something along those lines. Uh, no, as, as far as comedy wise, it, it, well, it's maybe a better comic just being healthier. I mean, I would have trouble getting through a 25 minute set standing up because my, my feet and my back were so, so much in pain and my knees would hurt and I'd be out of breath. I could barely get a joke out sometimes. But now it just made me, I think I'm more sharper on stage and, and I've always had like, with the the comedian, my comedian friends, they've always called me Mister Unpleasant, as you know, as my nickname because I'm very quick, 
to, to get right back at somebody or, you know, and I can be, if I don't, it's just more of my own defense mechanism. If I don't know somebody, I'm very closed off and, and, you know, private, <clears throat> but, uh, what, it, what for me, what, what really triggers me is I, I lost my mom in, in, in 2008 and, you know, holidays were always a trigger and her birthday and my birth and all these things that that would really be the trigger for me. And around those time of years, I would go off. I would always be on a program. And then I would between July, you know, the anniversary when she passed away in December, I would be OK. I'd be I'd be on my programs and I'd be doing OK. And then, you know, December would come and Christmas and I would just. I'm like, okay. And I, it was, it was an excuse, you know, but again, those feelings were real. And I just had to be like, okay, how are we going to deal with this now and actually go process it and feel it and not let it get you off the rails and kind of push that, put those and kind of motivate it towards, you know, doing even better, which I've done. And this is the first year I actually have a Christmas tree. I, I, since my mother passed away, I, I haven't had a Christmas tree. Uh, but a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, um, pushed me and urged me to do it. And I, I got one and it, you know what? It helps. And it makes me feel better about Christmas because she loved Christmas. So <clears throat> I'm not gonna, I'm not feeling like I did mo every holiday gets better. And, you know, and I, I don't feel the need to go off the rails because that'll always be there that, that. We could talk ourselves into it very quickly. Hey, all right. It makes sense. I just, you know, it'll be justified but after it's over i won't be okay with it and i won't i won't feel that it's justified for myself so dealing with everything is really the the big thing for me is just dealing with those feelings processing them and moving forward and i, I have a short temper as well i mean that's i can turn i can turn on a dime but i have to you know keep that in check and and not let that go towards okay because okay, i'm angry or i'm sad or everything I got to sit down and I eat. I have to, I, I feel it. I'll put a, I'll get a good workout in that day. And uh, that's also a big stress reliever is, is the gym that can center me like nothing else. And I never thought I would say that. Well, that's a, a huge lesson. Cause that's also something I've watched on your journey. Like the evolution of your, even the evolution of your working out. And like, I, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to skip past, you know, I think, you know, going through the loss of, of a parent is an incredibly challenging and powerful thing that I don't want to downplay, like the actual impact that has had on your journey. Like, I think that, you know, the fact that you're processing that along with having to make this life change to save yourself is incredible. And I, I think like you, like you said, like I, I, a lot of people can use those experiences at times you know, to send the, to to be that last push they need to go off the rails and to go off into that place. And, you know, my myself, I, I've had three significant deaths in my family just over the past month. Yeah, you had a crazy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's been crazy for you. It, 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 and, it, and it's wild. And I don't I don't say that to have people listening be like, oh, I feel so bad for him. I mean, it's life and things happen and we deal with these things expected and unexpected and all of that. And but I, I think in the past, like you said, like I would use these experiences to say, you know, it would be okay to have this. Or I've even done the, well, this was that person's favorite food, so I'm going to eat it at Christmas. You know, justifying my behavior, hurting myself with the memory of someone else. And then I started to realize like how much of a, how twisted that was like for me to do that and how unfair it is to that person. And 
to their memory. Like I, I, you know, like, so now like the, when my uncle passed away a month and a half ago, the first thing I thought was he was proud of me where I'd come on my journey and used to talk about it all the time. Like he would not want me to go off the rails today. Like he, that is something he would not want. Like he doesn't want to see his. And I had a friend say to me, like, does your, does your uncle, would you think your uncle would want his passing to be something that caused you to get closer to death yourself? No. And, and I think that's like a, a profound thing to think about because like, not only have you made this big life change, you know, but you did it while going through a lot of different challenges that could have shut down people and could have given you a good excuse to just shut down completely. But you're here today and you're almost 200, you know, you're, I, I, I'm going to say you're 200 pounds down. You know, the scale is saying you're almost 200 pounds down still, you know, it's bouncing around those numbers bounce, but you know, you're, you've made some real kind of strides in, in changing, you know, the life that you were leading, like life at over 500 pounds is not a lot of fun. Like you, you said something early on about hiding and that just jumps out to me because that's what I, I feel like I used to do. I used to hide from the world. Not only because it allowed me to eat more and not feel like someone's going to stare at me for what I'm eating. You know, I was a big sneak eater, but because also like you then didn't have to deal with like, and again, man, like this is so silly, like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I completely resonate with that. But, you know, I remember being at work and thinking, okay, I need to go to the bathroom. So I'm also going to need to print something out and go to the copier and I'm going to need to do this. And I might as well run by the break room and grab my snack on the way back and then make a loop around the office so that I'm not getting up four or five times. And I was even talking to a friend yesterday and he was talking about like his mindful approach to eating now. And he's like, for him that like, especially around the holidays, eating standing up causes him to get kind of out of control. Like he can start going out of, he can go into grazing mode. And it, I said to him, I said, it's really funny to hear you talk about that and put such importance on sitting down to a plated meal because I don't really have any memories of ever eating standing up. Because standing up used to hurt so much. And it used to be near impossible for me to stand up for more than a few minutes without losing my breath. So how could I inhale food if I wasn't able to breathe? So I'm like, so every meal for me was sit down, have a nice plate, you know, like load it up. Like it was never about on the grab on the go kind of thing. And I think people don't realize what life can be like when you're that size. And the only images I think they also get is, you know, my 600 pound life on TLC, you know, so it, you were not in a in a bariatric bed in the front room of your house yelling at your dad, you know, to bring you pop tarts. Like that wasn't that was not your life. Um, you weren't you you hadn't set up a pulley system with a delivery guy to drop the food through the <laughs> no. window. So I should be laughing about it, but it's but I I would let the, uh, I know, but <clears throat> it it is like it is something like I watch. I think there was a a, a British documentary called um, Thirty Thousand Calories a Day that I watched a couple of years ago. And one of the guys on there, he said that he was a second floor apartment. He never went up and down the stairs. So he would have the delivery people put the food in a in a bucket that he had on a pulley outside of his window. And he would lower the money down and then raise the food up. And my immediate thought Jeez. at that point was, this man is a genius. <laughs> yeah. Like, this man is – or you hear about people saying that they just leave the front door unlocked and let the delivery people come in which personally makes me a little concerned, but that's just the neighborhood I live in. I'm like, if someone walks in my front door, like there's probably trouble, but it's, it's incredible. I think sometimes to think about like what life is like, you started to talk about like what it was like for you to be a go on stage at over 500 yeah. pounds. Like what was your, you know, what, what other things stand out from your everyday life at that size that people should know is 
someone who's who's that big is dealing with? Uh, just going anywhere. Like, you know, where am I going to sit? That's like, you know, you're nervous about like, are you going to fit? I, I wasn't going to fit in the seat. So like, you worry about that. Um, I would always worry about if I was going somewhere, where I was going to, like, you know, um, do I have to stand? I can't stand. I can't, how far I have to walk? Um, you know, am I going to be on my feet for a long amount of time? I, you know, it was scary. So I didn't, I stopped going anywhere. I stopped doing those things. And then as a comedian, and actually, I didn't take some gigs because I didn't know, you know, how far I'd have to walk to the club. Uh, when I was at the club, how high the stage uh, was there steps to the stage? Could I get on the stage? I did a show right before I joined WW at a firehouse. And this is also one of the, the, the big things that kind of pushed me. Um, I got there and there was no parking in front of the place. I had to park in a municipal lot not far away, maybe 200 feet. And I remember walking to the the show. When I got to the door, I, I, my legs were like on fire. And I was out of breath and I was like, I just... So I finally got up there and there was no, they had to put stairs for me to get on stage. And I remember standing on the stage, it was not sturdy at all. And I'm like, that was always my fear too. If, if I wasn't at a comedy club, if I was doing a show at a VFW hall or um, any other four wall event, I was always worried about those makeshift stages. Like, am I going to fall? I, that was my biggest fear is falling through the stage. And a couple of times it was close. I mean, it was, it was scary. Like I was like, you know, not moving on stage, like standing in parallel in fear because I, you feel the floor moving underneath your feet. And it's like, you know, in the movies when they show the fat person walking and the floor going up and down, it's, that's what it felt like. And, and, and that was, that was like my biggest fear. And, and that's why I would turn down gigs or I wouldn't do other things and I wouldn't go places because of that. Like I was always nervous about, you know, falling through a chair, which I had before. I, I've broken many pieces of furniture. It's just, uh, uh, you know, and it's it's embarrassing and painful and you, you get through it, but you don't want it to happen again. So I just stopped doing things. I stopped going places. I didn't go to the mall. And I think we live in the day and age now where everything's a click away. So it all, I could just, and now, now even though I can get around, I choose to even like Christmas shop online because I don't, I don't like the crowds of people. I don't want to, you know, it's just a crazy time of year and you get better deals and whatnot. But like, I, I could go do that. I even stopped going food shopping at a, at a certain point because I, I couldn't walk around the store to food shop. So I would do, we have Peapod here and we, I would, I would order Peapod and, and I was like, oh, it's just easy because I don't have time. And now I, 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 I'd rather go to the store because I want to look at everything. I want to, you know, look at the stats. I want to, you know, plan my meals. And I look forward to going food shopping now because I, I you know, I enjoy to cook and everything. So I want to make sure that what I'm getting, is, it will work on my plan. And But it, I just, it's amazing how many things I, and now I don't think about doing anything. If someone's like, hey, you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I go. Before I always had an excuse. I would always make up an excuse I couldn't go, and and I guess kind of being a comedian because I do I am busy with comedy. It was awesome because I could just say I had a show, so it was never like I didn't have to come up with an excuse anymore. I'm like, oh no, I'm working that night. Even if I wasn't, I just say I'm working because I I didn't want to come up with an excuse not to do something, and you know, so some nights I would just not participate in things even my family was doing. Because I knew it would be very uncomfortable, and I would feel very out of place, and and I'm and that's probably the biggest thing is those days are over, and it's like no matter what the scale, so I go up and down, but 
those things stay with me. And, and those, like, you know, we call them non-scale victories. Those are, that's what keeps me fueling. Like today, this afternoon, I'm taking my nephews out just for the afternoon, which is something I never would have been able to do two years ago because one just chase after these kids and they're really getting anxious. They've been down here like twice already. I've been chasing them out of here. <laughs> you got to be hurt enough, but they're like, it, we're going at 12 o'clock and they're, it's 10 o'clock now we're here. And they're, they're, they're already like, what do you do? What do you do? And I'm like, but you know, it's, so it's fun. I'm having fun with them. And I never, that wouldn't, I used to go to my brother's house to, to visit and I would sit on his chair and I would, I would fall asleep half the time because just the, the, at that point, by seven o'clock, I was done. My body was done doing anything. I put in so many calories and carbs and sugar into my body. It, it was like shutting, it was done. And that wasn't visiting anybody. That's not being uh, there. So now doing all this stuff, which is my family and friends. And if somebody's like, hey, you want to go do this? There's not even a, I go, yeah, I just, just go do it. That I think people don't understand when you're over 500 pounds, how you can't do that and how that's not possible. And now that that is possible, it's that it blows my mind. Like, this, you know, this every time I can do it, it's like, to me, that's a bigger victory than any number on a scale will give me is that fact that I'm actually living my life again. That's awesome to hear, man. And you truly are like, and I don't, I, I hope that's something that people really get. Like you're saying, like, it's, you're, you were not, you don't have to worry anymore. Like that, I know for me, like that mental, freeing up that mental space in my head of having to worry and plan every time I was going to go anywhere or accept an invitation, you know, not having that anymore is like, a, is not just the weight off the scale, but the weight off your shoulders. Like you don't have to spend, you don't have all that worry. Like you can, like you said, you can say yes without hesitation. And I think that is uh, an incredible, you know, gift to yourself that you know eventually the numbers on the scale will correlate and follow but you're seeing such bigger benefits than just numbers changing and clothes size changing like you're seeing life come back to you again and be able to offer experiences to the people in your life that you couldn't be a part of before so i i just i think that's really admirable man i, I think you're doing amazing oh thank you i appreciate that and you know before you were talking about when you were dealing with those those deaths, something resonated with me just following you, like, uh, you know, being friends on Facebook and Instagram and everything. One of the things you had said in one of your stories, you know, was that you were, you were so happy you got to see family that you haven't seen in a while. So taking that experience of something negative and painful and you turned it all, I don't know if you even realized you were doing it, but like you were saying how good it was to see your cousins that you haven't seen in a while. And 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 you weren't talking about food. You weren't talking about like you know. You said like I would eat what the, my my family member wanted, and it's almost like pouring the the alcohol one for my homies. Like you know, it's like you know, you know you didn't do that. You right. Oh yeah. You instead like okay, it was a it was a shitty experience losing somebody, bad day, but at the end of it, like you sat around with some family and you know made a positive out of it. And I think that's the biggest thing that we we could do now is make. You know, instead of instead of just having a negative and letting it be a negative, we find ways now to make it a positive. And I think that's that's a big, the biggest change in what's going on with anybody in a weight loss journey is taking a negative and making it into a positive again. That's I that's really true, man. That's a great observation. So I really appreciate that, and I I think that perspective is something that a lot of people listening will share. Speaking of of turning things into positives, I wanna I wanna talk for a few minutes about. Um, your specific tool you've used on your journey, WW, 
because you know I I have my own history with with Weight Watchers as a child and as an adult and you know it was it was Weight Watchers then I know it's WW now I don't want to get the branding wrong <laughs> I don't want I don't want to get I don't want to get I don't want to get a legal notice no. from anyone saying that that I'm saying I'm saying anything improper but what I would love for you to to if you're willing to like give us you know the elevator speech on what Weight Watchers is what WW is like now for you and and why why for you it's the it's the tool that works well for me i need, i know myself i need structure i need accountability so if anybody who hasn't done ww before uh it's you have an app that all works off an app or you can even give you the old school books but you track all your food it's kind of like a checking account balance you give you get a certain amount of days so you get a certain amount of points a day and you just you enter your food you track the stats which goes now goes by uh, calories, saturated fat, sugar, and protein. And that algorithm will give you a point value of a food, and then that subtracts from your daily total. Now, they do also have foods that are zero smart points. And so even though it's zero, you still have to be mindful of your portion. And because people are like, oh, I can eat all the chicken I want. No, you can't. You got to still eat. Because if you if you put it in the app, you put it if you look up a zero point food in an app, it gives you the recommended serving size. Try to stay within that serving size because it is recommended for a reason. That's what you should be eating. Um, wait, with WW you have work. They call them that workshops. They were meetings uh, where I find the support inc incredible, and I I like that. I like that after I weigh in, I get to sit with some people that are going through the same struggles I am. We get to share what we're going through. I, my, my coaches, they, now they call them coaches, it was leader. So a lot of the verbiage has changed in the last couple of years. She's amazing. And she's very real and down to earth. And, she, you know, because some of them, and people, that, that's what, one of the reasons I think some people don't go is they, they don't feel that connection with their leader or their coach. You know, that it's a lot of corporate speak and hitting bullet points and like, you know, use this powder and use our product. She's not like that. She's very real. She's down to earth. So I feel like a connection with her. And it's just for, for some reason, I think that accountability of tracking my food and being very accountable and seeing what I have. And when I don't have points, I'm out. I'm done. It, for the, my mindset, it's like it kind of like, OK, you've eaten your food for the day now you don't need anything else i've never i don't feel hungry on it i feel very satisfied it allows me to be creative in the kitchen i, I always like to cook so doing ww allows me to experiment with a lot of different kind of foods and what it's done for me why i like it is because it's teaching me how to eat and to and i hate to use the word normal person but like you know go to a restaurant and for a while, I never did. I never ate out. I now I'm starting to eat out a little more, and work it into my program, <clears throat> and it's allowing me to be like, okay, I'm mindful of what I, when I look at a plate of food now, I'm like, okay, that's too much. I have to put that to the side, and I'm able to do that now. So <clears throat> the program's always evolving and changing. Like right now, they have three different with on within WW. There's three different plans: there's purple, green, and blue. I'm on green right now. And I was blue is like the old freestyle program, but I I I, I wanted more even more structure, where things like chicken, eggs, and beans are not zero smart points. They have a point value to them, and 
I'm enjoying that. And but you can always switch. You could, you know, go you want to try purple, which is more uh more free than anything else. There's like three over three hundred foods that are at zero smart points, including brown rice and holy pasta and potatoes. That I have a friend who's a runner that she has to put more carbs into her diet. That works for her. And people like blue because it's like freestyle. I like green because it reminds me of the pro program I first started back in 2017. Um and I just like that structure and accountability. So that's why WW works for me. It's just, it's all about accountability and structure. I need structure. I can't be like one of those people like, oh, I, I want to lose weight. I'm just going to watch what I eat because I, I can't do that. I, I need to answer to a, a higher power, which now is my my app, my phone, that I, when I eat something, it goes into it. I, I, I know for myself I need that structure. And that's a great cognizance to have of yourself. Like, no, there are, there are people out there that can be a little freer with how they handle things. But if you know that for success, you need the structure, why not choose an option that has structure? Like, that's, that's okay. It's not, it's not saying that you're weak because you need structure. It's saying, I know this is going to help me win. You know, in the end, like you're real, you're, you're working, you want to guarantee your success in the long run not what's going to make me feel better in this exact moment. Like, would it feel better to not have to think about, like, I know, like right now I'm, I'm, I track a lot because I've been doing that for the past year. Like, and I'm moving towards learning if I can handle some more intuitive eating days again. But do I feel, then I run into people that do keto and they don't, they've never tracked a thing. And I, I've had moments where I'm like, Am I weaker because I, I needed to track? Like, what's wrong with me that I, I couldn't do that, that I wasn't able to succeed doing that? And it's that all of our challenges are different, and we need to find what is the right avenue for us. And I think it's great that you were able to put that thought into it. And you're willing also to adapt yourself and, you know, try different options, but then say, this is the one that feels right for me right now. And in, in a year, if you feel different, you know you can make a change. And, and that's also, it sounds like a great thing you know, with the way they've got the program set up now is that there is that flexibility so that if you're someone that something resonates a little bit differently, because as much as Weight Watchers in the end wasn't the right tool for me, like there are some there are some aspects to it that I think you don't get with other programs really easy or as easily, like in, especially like the, the, you know, the meetings and support. Like, I think that is something that was always, I think, the piece that was the most resonant for me and was the most, you know, supportive, you know, when I was successful with it, it was because of those, those pieces. And I think, you know, being able then to kind of tweak the other side allows for, you know, even a greater number of people to find access to a tool and, and figure out like how it's going to work for them and customize a little bit. So they do feel if they feel like they need control or they need to give up control, like those options are there. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's great because like, you know, as you know, with anything, it, with the way we get, like we talked about this before, the body adjusting. So like when I changed to green, it was like probably the perfect time because I had been on freestyle at that point for two years. I just felt like my body was getting used to a lot of things I was doing and a lot of the foods I was eating. So I was like, okay, I'll switch to green. And I plan on doing purple at some point in the new year just to try it for two weeks, um, just to be educated on it and just to, you know, try some. I might love it. I might be like, oh, what well, is the program for me? I don't know. And it's just great that you could always – it just – you can choose at any point in time. Like I have a friend who's switching to purple for the holidays because a lot of the foods they're going to be eating fall into that zero smart point category where they can be, okay, I don't have to track, but I can still be more mindful. I can look at my plate and I, I could watch my portions 
but I I'm, I know my so I know around the holidays I'm just running I don't have the time to track every single thing. Okay, so that's I think is a big step. You know, again looking at a situation and, and adjusting to it. And I might have a situation like that at one point where it's like okay I I gotta be somewhere where those foods are gonna be very prevalent. So maybe if I switch to it, it'll help me. But it's just nice to know that there's three other options within the same plan that will. You know, if I get stagnant or if I get bored, I could always switch. And that's one of the things I like about WW. They're always, they're always switching it up. They're always, they're always like uh, reinventing themselves. And people get aggravated and annoyed. A lot of people at my workshops because they 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 like the complacency of they like to, they don't want to they don't want to change anything, which is a big you have to have a bigger issue than just being a WW at that point. It's part of it is changing what you know and what you've done because it hasn't worked before. That this program every two years, it's about every two years they'll come out with not a whole maybe necessarily a whole new plan, but a tweak on something because they're always working on a way to make it better and and to you know they're always looking you know because it used to be when I first started the point system, sugar wasn't a big factor and sugar wasn't didn't determine your points. It was like at one point, calories wasn't in it. It was like fiber, uh, carbohydrates, and fat. So, yeah. So, like, they're what they've discovered was over the years was the diabetes problem in this country. It's an epidemic. Almost. I mean, it's 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 insane how many people have diabetes. And what they discovered was there was a study back in the night. Remember, you remember snack wells, right? I mean, I think every fat kid had snack wells. That's what they, you know. Your parent, my mother thought it was a healthy cookie for me, and we didn't know because. The sugar companies, no, I'm sorry, the fat companies, the fat-free companies paid these scientists to do studies that say, no, these are healthier uh, because it's zero fat. It's fat-free. But the sugar and carbs were so elevated that now everybody was get, you know, developing diabetes that uh, an Oreo is actually better for you than a snack well, which is crazy and insane. But you look at the stats, a stat on an Oreo cookie is actually better than a snack well. So, I mean, I, I'm happy that Weight Watchers did that. And now, like, you know, sugar is a – I've cut down a lot of my sugar since I this go around because now it's a factor in what I eat. That if I pick something up, even before I do the full – one of the first things I go to, I go to – I like to check uh, the, the saturated fat content and the sugar. And if that's too high, I just put it down. I even bother tracking. Because I know that it's not gonna, it's gonna be a lot of points, and it, even if I have the points, it's not something I should be eating. So it's made me more conscious of it that way. Because diabetes does run in my family. I'm very thankful that I did not have diabetes. I mean, I my my my, my buddy calls me a freak of nature because I'm really coming out of this with with arthritis. I have arthritis in my knee. That's what I'm coming out of this with, being almost 600 pounds, and I'm very thankful about that. I have. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have any um, any other of the things that really come along with being overweight as far as medical issues. I didn't. I don't have diabetes. I don't have a heart issue. I mean, it's. I have arthritis in my knee. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm. You know, it's painful, and I had to go through some painful gel shot injections, and maybe that's caused the scale to go up in recent weeks. But you know, to not have to be, you know. I have to worry about like insulin and other things like that, that other family members I've had in my, you know, my, my grandfather, my, my mom's side had his leg amputated because of diabetes. 
Um, my mother, before she got sick, had diabetes. My uncle Joe had diabetes. So it, it runs in the family. And I, again, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to make sure I don't, I don't take that on as well, because, you know, it, it's very possible. I mean, it's, it's hereditary. And I was at the weight where most people my weight, I would say a good portion of them had it. Well, that's, it's funny, because that was actually a question in my head that I was going to ask was like, if you what, like talk about what you had dealt with. So I, I thank you for getting ahead oh. of me. I appreciate that for sure. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're doing my job for me, man. I, I, I will say I, I like having guests on that have been on, you know, have done like they're doing their own podcast yeah. because, you know, you, you, you know, to hit some information. So like you're, you're, you're giving people hitting the bullet points, you're yeah. hitting some good points. What I, so what I, what I, <laughs> speaking of points, what, what I would like for us to talk about, cause we've been talking for a while and I know you got the kids chomping at the bit. Like I've talked to guys that are at the beginning of their journey and are at the ends of their journeys and are kind of living life. And you're kind of literally in the in the thick of it, man. You're in the middle. Uh, you you're almost 200 pounds down. But where what it, where are the what are the goals on the horizon for you? Like, do you have a goal weight in mind or a range? Like, how do, how are you approaching where your journey goes from here? Um. Well, I started this time around. I I, I knew it'd be years. So my my dad and I say it on the podcast almost every week. I think people need to hear it. My dad always says to me, like, you know, when I would say to him, uh, it's going to take X amount of years. He goes, well, that time's going to go by anyway. So it's what you do within that time that really matters. And, you know, if you're doing the right thing, you know, it's, it's beneficial to you. So, I mean, I don't really have, I mean, in my I joke around. I say I want to be 199.9 because I want to be under 200 pounds. Um, I don't know, like, really, I give myself small goals. So my next goal is 225. I want to be down 225. I hit 200. I want to be down 225. That's what I've always done is give myself those 25-pound increment goals because it's very attainable. Uh, I can focus on that and not worry about anything else. But in the back of my head, I know what's ahead of me, what I have to lose. I mean, I'd, I'd like to lose another 200 pounds, to be honest, um, around another 200 pounds. Uh but I know in that meantime, there's going to be other things that have to happen. I, I'm going to, I, I'm going to elect to have skin removal surgery. So I know that's going to be in my future. So I really don't know what a goal weight should be until I really get all that out of the way. And the good, the, what's good about WW, they give you a goal weight. They gave me, um, you know, the computer gives you, spits out a goal weight for you. They put in your age, your, your height, your, your weight and everything. And they spit out a goal weight, and the goal weight they give me is like 156 or 158 or something like that, which I'll never, I'll never be. Um, but you can go to the doctor, and the doctor, you and your doctor can decide on a healthy weight, and WW honors that. You come back with a doctor note saying, okay, let's say my doctor says my healthy weight is 185 or even 200 pounds or maybe even 225, whatever the, but my doctor will feel is a healthy, sustainable weight where I will live a healthy life. You have that note from the doctor, Weight Watchers will be like, okay, that's your goal weight. And they'll honor that. And you can hit goal and lifetime and all that with that, which I know most people do. Most people don't hit that that weird BMI chart weight that they give you because bodies are different. Like I, even when I was at when I was my lowest adult weight, which is 258, people thought I was too thin then. But I carry a lot of my, my lower section. Um, my legs have always been bigger than, you know, my, 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 my lower half's always been up bigger than my upper half. Um, and I just carry weight different. Everybody carries weight differently. So I, I don't focus too much on a goal weight at this point because I, I do have a long road ahead of me and it's at least another 
you know, it took me two and a half years to lose the 200. So, you know, I got at least another two, at least two years plus ahead of me. But I don't focus on that because it's good. Like my dad always says, it goes by anyway. And, you know, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. Maybe it'll be quicker. Maybe it'll be so. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I don't focus. I focus on the next 25 pounds. So now 225 is my next goal. That's what I'm aiming for. That's what I want to get to. And I find when I do that, when I give myself smaller goals, when I hit those goals, it's, you know, it, it's attainable, attainable, doable, and you move on to the next one. And I also give myself other goals as far as like, you know, with, with workouts or just life events that I want to do. And I find out those are even more powerful than, than the scale uh, because that's what we do. And I, I say it on my podcast all the time, we're on the scale for two seconds out of the week. We cannot let that uh, control our life, our mindset. It's everything that we're doing off of it that allows us to, you know, like, you know, I, I go to my cigar lounge now a, a few times a week. I never would have done that in the past because I would never have sat in the, I would never fit in the seat or I would have been embarrassed or, you know, or can I get out of the seat? Can I walk around? I, so things like that, even just enjoying a, my time to myself is like a big victory for me and, and, a, and a goal that I've attained that I never thought I would have. So the small goals is what I, what I push for. Um, so now the next goal is 225 and, and after that it'll be 250 and so on. And, and that's how I get through it. Well, that I think that makes a lot of sense, man. And I think it's a great attitude to have in terms of knowing the road that is still ahead of you and how you're going to have to kind of trek on it and looking at those little victories that come along. And speaking of like your time for yourself in the cigar lounge, I want to, Make sure we have some time to talk about a couple of topics that are not necessarily, you know, Weight Watchers or diet related. But, you know, you and I, we share a couple of passions uh, for sure. I mean, maybe we won't be able to get to all of them. But uh, one, you know, visiting, you know, you, you, you've been posting, you know, sharing in a couple of different groups that we're in together. You know, what your, your, your different cigars you're trying at, at, at the lounges and everything. And so, you know, like that's, you know, uh, uh, something we share. Uh, which someday we're going to have to we're going to have mm-hmm. to burn one together at one of those lounges. We'll definitely have to make sure that that happens. Absolutely. That's definitely going to happen. Absolutely going to happen. But where did where did that come from for you? Like where did where did you develop, you know, that interest in cigars? Uh, came when I was about a teenager. I was about 17. I started uh, dabbling with my, my dad's a cigar smoker and my dad, uh, you know, around that time, like in the mid 90s, cigars became very popular again. You know, it was like, a, it was the cool thing to do. My dad was around my age now, actually, um, about 40 and him and his friends, they got into cigars and, you know, it was, I thought it was cool. I always liked the smell of cigars. Like even as a kid, like if, you know, the uncles and everything would have a cigar around, I always liked the smell of it. And I, I just, I tried it and I, I enjoyed it and I felt it relaxing and I was the only really kid in high school that smoked a cigar. Like I remember a senior cut day, I, I bought this like long Churchill Onyx and I was smoking it at, like everybody else was like smoking cigarettes and, and weed and drinking beers and I had a beer and my cigar and I was happy. And uh, over the years, I, I, got, I kept on going back and forth with it and um just got back into it a lot more recently, but I, I always, I always enjoyed cigars. It's just, I started because my, my dad, when I smoked like, you know, I'm just a big Macanudo fan to this day because that's the first ones he smoked. That's the first ones like, you know, if he had friends over and I was home and he'd be like, you want to go out with us and have a cigar? I'd be like, okay. And 
it was a Macanudo or uh, a Punch or, you know, Particus, Romeo and Juliet. It was, uh, so that's what it's still cigars today. And maybe it's just a, a fondness, a fond memory that I have of that time. And, but those are the ones I usually, I usually, I'm still a big Macanudo fan to this day. And a lot of cigar enthusiasts and uh, aficionados, sometimes they'll, they'll, you know, they'll look down at their nose at me because I'm a big Macanudo fan. They, they look at it as a beginner cigar. But to me, I, I smoke what I enjoy. And, I always try to try something new, but uh, I like that. I'm also I'll smoke what I enjoy. Oh, I, I think that makes complete sense, man. Like, I, I, here's something I'm curious about. Like, do you get crap from anyone online because you're you talk about weight loss and then then you post about cigars oh, and, and people come back at you? Because I do. I know I do. Yes. Yeah, and you know what? And and I say that. Listen, and I've said before. Like I said earlier, I don't. Drink, I'm not a big drinker. I don't. I don't. I don't use any kind of drugs i i i I, everybody's got a vice and something they do to relax and mine cigars and and i don't and i and i said i'm not stupid i know it's tobacco and i know what it is but also i've done my research on that as well and i i've seen number of studies where they had people smoke two to three cigars a day for years and monitor them and it's they had they didn't have any effect it actually had some studies had a positive effect because they're 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 more relaxed and less stressed. But you know what it is? I think you know to to not enjoy things in life, to be afraid, is you know I don't hail I don't hail them, and I'm I don't feel I'm being unhealthy. I, I really don't. I listen if if I was I've been smoking cigars on and off since I'm 17. If I had any health, you know, risk or anything happened, I would stop. But you know. I don't think it's being unhealthy, and I think people sometimes need to stay on their own lane because are you doing everything? You know, maybe the the three glasses of wine you have at night is not the healthiest thing for you as well, or you know, the six beers you drink at night is that the best thing for you? So everything in moderation. Um, I don't smoke cigars every night. Uh, I go a few times a week. Maybe in the nicer weather, I'll find myself outside more smoking, but I'm not a guy that smokes like. I know people that smoke upwards to four or five cigars a day, and that's not me. Uh, I do it in moderation. Like anything else, I do it in moderation. And uh, I enjoy it. So, like, you know what? There will always be negative people. They'll always find something you do. Like, they, people find negative with the, the healthy food I eat now. So, I mean, of course, they're going to find something with cigars. I, I And I have no patience for that. I, I will Then I will find something that you do, and I will point that out to you. And, and be like, maybe this is not the most healthy thing for you. Well, I, I'm gonna. I'll, at some points, I'll have to send you some of the messages I get and see see if I can get you to come up with some responses for me. I'll have to I'll have to buy some witty responses from you, some unpleasant responses that would that might be able to help. Oh, um, it'd be my pleasure to send them. My pleasure. Uh, <laughs> and 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 speaking of vices that sometimes we have trouble controlling, um, a new Star Wars movie came out this week. Yes, it's the last film. Yes. the last film in the the Skywalker saga. It's the end of an era that you and I have both lived through. Uh, and I know at this point we, we both have seen the movie. I want to make sure that we don't touch on spoilers, but because I know it literally, you know, will have just come out within the week of people hearing this podcast. And I don't want anyone getting pissed at us. But, you know, what what are your what what are your general thoughts on this one, man? Like, what did you think? I thought it was absolutely amazing from start to finish. Uh, it was nonstop action. It, it was like there was no lull in a movie. This movie, it was like, bam! It started and it was just like a roller coaster ride 
um, going through everything. They definitely brought you on a lot of different emotional uh, roller coasters with things that were happening in the movie. I, you know, what I find great about a movie is when you're trying to second guess the plot every time, like what's going to happen. And, and every time I thought something was going to happen, something they came with and I was like, Oh my God. Yes. And, and you know what it, it made it it was I think it was a perfect end to this saga and a perfect piece of the puzzle. I went back and I watched all the movies this last like month or so because leading up to this. And so I got to the point everybody hated Last Jedi that I talked to. I I loved it. I enjoyed it. And I watched it Tuesday night. I said that's the one I was saving for last. I want to watch it closer. And I watched it again and I Again, I was like, okay, this is even better than the last time I saw it. I said, I, you know, and when I'm watching this, it all makes sense and it all leads to something. And I think that's what people sometimes forget when they're watching, especially a movie that's one movie in a long line of movies, that things are, you know, it's, it's supposed to set something up. So that's what this was, that's what it was doing. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought from start to finish, I don't want to give, you know, like you said, spoilers away because um, there are definitely a lot of spoilers we can give away. But I I, I want to see it again because uh, that's how much I enjoyed it. And I think every Star Wars fan should see it because I think they will also enjoy this movie. Uh, I, I mean, what was your take on it? I think, you know, did you like it as much as me? Oh, yeah, I loved it. I, I think for me, like I... I don't get so bogged down and every piece of minutia has to add up immediately. And like what here's, here's my big take on it all. I actually was saying this to someone um, this morning at the coffee shop. When you go back to the original star Wars films, the originals, they were these grand epic space operas that we had never seen before, but they were always at the core about three characters. And you always knew what was going on with those three characters. And for me, one of the things I think that, we, you know, I, I think Ryan Johnson tried to do some new things with Last Jedi that I really enjoyed Last Jedi. And I kind of was like, people were afraid to see the mold change a little bit on the series. And I think that had a lot to do with it. But I think Last Jedi lost some of that focus, some of that small focus. And I think J.J. Abrams in this film brought it back to being about, you know, as much as there's, like you're saying, there's all this action and these huge things happening, like massive scale. It It always came back to like, it came back to three characters and what was happening with those three characters. And there's an archetype, there's an archetype to that, that I think resonates for people. And at the end of the day, was every thread tied up neatly in a perfect package? I don't think so, but I don't think you have to. But I no. also, the funny thing I, I find is like you see some of the reviews and I know other people I know that have seen it have said, we well, you know the first hour is really slow and boring and nothing happens. And I'm like, did we, were we watching the same movie? Because <laughs> I, I literally, <laughs> like literally from the moment it started to the moment it ended, there were, there were things happening and things moving forward. And I'm like, this movie, and there were even more points like I loved, I, I, there's so many things I want. Like, I feel like we're going to have to talk about at some point, not when we're recording because yeah. like there's, there's even, there's one particular flashback scene that happens that goes way, way back into one of the main characters, you know, stories and gives us some information that we didn't have before yes. that. I was like, that's the kind of thing that I think with other moments in the, in la- like last year, like 
I again, I'm trying not to get spoilerish, but there's a big thing that happens in Last Jedi that had a lot of fans being like, "Well, since when can she do that?" And how did that even happen? And this little moment in this movie basically says, "Duh, this clearly happened in all those years that y'all never saw." Like, there's a lot of time that passed when it it was revealed. It'd be like, "Duh," and it was because when they revealed it, I was like, "Of course, right?" And like, and like, and that's the thing is like, movies like this should inspire our imagination. To think that stuff, bigger things well, can happen outside of what we see on the, the screen. Pro- you just you just hit it on right there. That's the problem. Not put us <laughs> not put us into these boxes where like I didn't see it on the screen, so it definitely didn't happen. Like, and it doesn't have to be that everyone agrees with your theory. Like, I think that's the great thing about reading a great book. Like, you imagine yeah. what happens to the characters after, and I think that was the thing that as a kid, when when Return of the Jedi ended, like all I could think about was what comes next for these people. Like, what's happening to them, and it. And it wasn't that I, I thought about it and got disappointed that I didn't know. It was more like it inspired me to kind of have those imaginative moments. Like, and I think that's something that this film kind of kind of puts back in your face a little bit and says, hey, like, maybe maybe do some thinking on your own about this. And I know that also means there are people probably listening to this part of the listening to this part saying, well, I am thinking on my own and I'm thinking that's not really how it happened. You know, OK, that's okay, great. That's fine. But I, but I understand like this is a creative piece. And how we interpret it doesn't necessarily mean good, bad, or ugly. It just means that we're interpreting it. And yeah. I felt sad. I felt so satisfied when it ended. I was happy. Um, I did. And the reason I know that it, to me that it was a really good movie is because when a movie like this ends and you want more to happen, is when you know it's a good movie. Like not that you want more. Like because I'm the person that loved like in the at the end of one of the first Avengers where they're sitting around having shawarma together. Like that was funny. I want to see, like, I want to see the characters that are alive at the end of this movie. I want to see what they're doing the next day because I care about what's happening. And like, that's what I, when I know a film has kind of resonated with me is when I care enough to know, want to know what comes next for people. And I think this, this movie hit those notes. And as for what comes next, like I love now all the theories people are talking about, like, well, when she says this in the end, does that mean that this is happening and that this is happening? And that's what that that's what the title really means. And like, that's what this is. And I'm like, we may know someday. We may never know. And, we, and we'll just we're going to have to just live with that. So it, it, it's, it's pretty I think I thought it was a great, great, great experience. Yeah, it was definitely a great movie. And I see the same thing when it was over. It was just like, and I'm like, OK, I'm happy with this being over. Well, I, I think it sounds like we both want to see it again. So maybe after we see it again, we can we can have a more in depth discussion and, and throw some spoiler warnings up for people. Yeah, I don't want to get spoilers away because even though even though people spoil everything for me, every Walking Dead episode because I had shows Sunday night, when every episode of The Walking Dead, I wanted to just be like, okay, here is what it is. But I I didn't do it. I'm not that guy. But I think you touched on a good thing. Like people now. They don't, and I think it's just uh, maybe because we're the generation we grew up in, people don't like want to use our imagination. Like when we, you know, it's okay for things not to, like I said, to have a bow on the end of it. And here it is. It's it's okay to leave a movie and be like, okay, wow, maybe this will happen. People just don't want to use our imagination. They want it. Here it is. This is how it's supposed to be. And this is how it's supposed to end. But I think that was the great thing about the original Star Wars movies that I loved is because there was so many unknown answers because it starts at episode four. You know, right. We, All right. We episode four, like we don't know this. You know, we then we got the prequels, but like it was always like so much you could imagine, and 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 that's what I that's what drew me to Star Wars to begin with, was so much of the unknown, and and you could always sit and have conversations with people for hours about 
you know, what you thought was even still, I, I even with the prequels, they kind of like sewed a lot of, you know, tried to sew things up. You know, I watched them again and I, I didn't hate them as much as I did when they came out. Um, but it's still so much like, you know, there's so many characters that like, you know, we don't know things about. Like, you know, we know, like, just take the guy for Yoda, who is 900 years old. Like, I would love to see an origin story about Yoda. I would love, you know, so I, there's so many things that you can just imagine and then come up with in your own head. I think that's the beauty of Star Wars. And I think they did, it, like you said, the great job of, of putting a bow on the Skywalker saga. And I hope there's more movies, even just, you know, because what they're doing with the Mandalorian. I hope there's more standalone movies. I hope there's more, like, things like that. Because I, I'm invested. I'm in. They, they they got me. They'll they'll always have me. I'll, whatever they do, put out. I'll, I'll be a part of. Well, I'm I'm right there with you, man. And I think you know we we've now been talking for almost an hour and a half. We're gonna I'm gonna let this put a bow on on our discussion today. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of switch gears now and just say, Anthony, like we we've gone through you know a, a lot of your journey and your mindset change and like all these kind of fantastic things you've done. You know, getting to that point where you're at now and, and where you're, you're headed. Uh, what haven't we talked about today that you, you think uh, people at home listening should hear about? Is there anything we missed that you feel is important or do you think we, we, we covered a, a good amount for you? We might've touched on it, but just if any, I just want to like, you know, if anybody, if they haven't gotten this from this, if you, if you, if you're sitting there and you were where, you know, I was before, or even like wherever you, the equivalent to where I was, where you, you don't have hope. It, it's, it's doable. And it's, but it's hard work and you have to just realize how hard it is. It'll be the hardest thing you ever do, but it'll be the best thing you ever do. Like, don't let the hard, uh, stop you from doing it. And I always think to myself of the, the, the quote from League of Their Own with Tom Hanks, when Gina Davis goes, it just got too hard. And Tom Hanks goes, it's supposed to be hard. It's the hard that makes it great. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And I think, you know, Especially with, with social media now, you know, people can filter what they show people. And even, you know, I guess I'm not guilty, but like, I, that's why I try to show as much of my journey as possible. But we see success and we see, you know, that it looks easy. And like, you know, and if you're struggling, I even did this to myself sometimes, like, oh my God, I must be doing something wrong because I'm not having the success of this world, the life that this person's having. They're struggling too, and everybody struggles, but just, you know, don't give up. And it sounds cheesy and it sounds like an 80s movie, but it really is like the only the only option. So if you didn't get that from the beginning of it, it's doable. You could do the same thing. I'm not anybody, you know, I'm not a superhero. I don't have superpowers. I don't have anything that's helping me that lose weight except me doing it. So that's the only way you could do it is just to do it and don't be afraid to. Just put yourself out there. Change is good. And you'll find that it'll be in the long run the best thing you ever did. That's really well said, man. And you, you may not be a superhero per se, but I, I do think you are the WW Jedi. I do, I do think that's the path. <laughs> I think that's, that is, that is the path that you're on. You know, you've, you've got your app is your lightsaber. So I think that that's, yeah. you know, you're doing, you're doing some amazing stuff, man. I end every episode with the, we're going to, we'll get into talking about how people can find you. Cause I feel like, you know, I want to make sure they know all of that, but let's first, get into the fat guy five, which is the five questions I like to ask my guests at the end of the episode. Um, first, Anthony, living or dead, tell us question number one, who is your favorite fat guy? 
Chris Farley. Absolutely, Chris Farley. As a kid, um, I remember, and I remember the first time I saw him on TV, it was in Wayne's World. And I don't know what it was about those two seconds he was on. I just, besides the fact that I found him funny, it was like the first time I saw like a guy that I could relate to that was in a movie. I'm like, oh, I could actually be in show business someday. So to that was a big thing. And just Chris Farley to me, um, as much, John Candy's a close second, but um, Chris Farley to me was one of the funniest people on the planet. And I posted about it the other day. It was the anniversary, 22 years that he's been gone. I would have loved to have seen what he would have done in those 22 years because I think as funny as he was, I think he would have made a movie a, like a dramatic role that would have floored everybody. I just think he had it in him. And I think we were just robbed of his brilliance. And so Chris Farley to me is my, my favorite fat guy uh, of all time. There we go. Question number two, thinking back to your, your bigger days, what was your quintessential fat guy meal? Cause we didn't really talk about food much. So like I, this is a, I want to, I want to hear what was, what was your, real go-to when you were at your biggest i call it a 1282 it's $12.82 it was um it was a meal i got from wendy's and i forget what it, I, I forget exactly it was like i forget which number it was but it was like the the bacon it was like the baconator uh oh, the ba- I, it was like a i think it was the baconator fries and nuggets and it came to 1282 and I remember one time pulling up to the drive-thru with my friends, and I'm like, can you order this for me? And I'm like, it's $12.82. And I handed him $13. And he goes, what? And the guy was like, that's $12.82. So I got it. So I, it was my late night after a show meal that I knew exactly how much money it was that I would just say $12.82. There you go. There, there, that's awesome. <laughs> question number three. I feel like I, I feel like you kind of answered question number three a minute ago. So is there anything else you'd want to say to someone out there who wants to get st- like I'm thinking like this episode is probably going to drop a few days before New Year's. There's a okay. ton of people out there thinking thinking about what are their resolutions going to be, what changes do they want to make this year. If someone's on that line between because they've been in in you know the place that you were in of of trying and failing and trying and failing and they're feeling stuck, what would you say to them to give them a bit of a spark to try one more time? Uh, just do it. It's, it's, and don't make it a resolution. Don't make it something for the new year. Make it for your life. Make it for you. Uh, there's an interesting, I forget what day it is. I think it's January 12th is the day that most people give up their new year's resolution. That's less than two weeks into the new year that people give up. So don't make it a resolution. Um, I think the day you're listening to this podcast, go make that change. And don't make it about a new year. Don't make it about this. Make it about, okay, I'm going to make this change for myself today. And then each day you make that change for yourself. Don't make it a resolution. That's because you, it's, it's resolutions are always made to be broken. There you go. I like it. Question number four, what podcast person, book resource would you recommend to someone that needs motivation? Um, besides yours? Um, I will, or yours uh, or mine. I find a huge, huge, um, inspiration on the Instagram community. And I think for whatever you're doing, follow those hashtags. Um, I happen to live on Long Island. So I started looking at the WW Long Island hashtag 
And I met so many amazing people through that. And not just in my, from Long Island, I've been all over the country. Uh, if there are meetups in your area, go to your meetups. I did that for myself as well. Uh, so I find, I draw my inspiration from Instagram and seeing these people and talking to these people. I'm not much of a book guy. Um, I'm more of a visual and talking and getting into it with people. Like that's how I, I get motivation. So Instagram, this go around has been the biggest uh, source of motivation for me. That's awesome. And I love it. Uh, Instagram is wild uh, and it's fantastic. And, and we'll talk in a minute about your Instagram so people can find you. But last question I want to get to share with the listeners now that we're heading into a new year, Anthony, what is one of your non-fitness or weight loss related goals for the next year? Uh, I am, my next goal is getting on a plane. I haven't been on a plane since 2007. I have a trip. I'm going to Florida in, in February. I'm going to visit my cousin. So that is my, it'll be a big thing for me. And I, and, I, and I'm sure now I fit into those seats a lot more comfortably, but I am stressed over it and it will be something that I stress over to the second I get on that plane. But to me, getting on that plane and going, and you know, it's going to be 2020. So 13 years ago was the last time I was on a plane. So to me, that's my, my goal. And again, it's short, it's right there. So it's attainable, it's doable. And then I'll come on to the next, go on to the next one. But that is my, my next, my next non weight goal. That's, that's awesome. And I think it'll be a big moment in, you know, it'll be a literal journey and a big, you know, metaphorical journey for you to get back on, on a plane and, and travel. So that I think that'll be fantastic. Yeah. So can't wait to see that happen, man. So if people want to see what if people want to see what happens when you get on that plane, how can they find you, man? You can find me on Instagram at Comic Anthony D. Uh, and I'm there. I'm open about everything. You'll see every aspect of my life. And that's one of the reasons why I never. Well, I first I didn't know about making a different page like a lot of Weight Watcher people do. But after I thought about it, I thought, you know what? I do this journey to show to show how you can live life again. So that's what my Instagram is all about. So at Comic Anthony D. You can find my whole my whole story, my what I you know my daily life, things I do. Uh, also, my podcast you can listen to it. It's www.bropodcast.podbean.com. It's also available on iTunes and other podcast listening devices. And uh, there again, I, I share more sometimes than I should, but I think that's uh, part of the whole process. Well, that that's awesome, man, and and I do think you know. People who are listening to this podcast should definitely check yours out and and go on over to Anthony's page, um, connect with him and watch what's coming next for this guy, because I, you're not only going to get, you know, some great inspiration, but trust me, I know he was not funny at all this past hour and a half. If anything, <laughs> he was he was somber and a little little off putting, to be fair, you know, a little I'm a, I'm a little uncomfortable. Um no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm, I I, I'm literally, I'm literally always uncomfortable. So like you're unpleasant. I'm uncomfortable. Like that's, 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 that could be, if we ever do a, a show together, like a, a podcast together, it would be unpleasant or uncomfortable. Um, I which like sounds that. like the title. That's actually a great title for a Netflix special. I think honestly, right there, yes. unpleasant and uncomfortable. People will be like, what the hell is that about? Oh, what do you, what well, do you hear? Uh, you, we're going to sit. <laughs> It's gonna be gonna be two guys who aren't as fat as they were sitting around talking about fast food. Um, yes, and Star Wars. You know that, that <laughs> there you go. That which would be 
unpleasant and uncomfortable for most people. I think if we really get into it. So that's yeah, we'd be in our zone though. We'd, uh-huh. we'd be like, yeah. Oh, completely. Oh yeah. Like I, it's funny. I I could start telling stories sometimes. Like I have I have a friend who also was big. My friend Miles. He's been on the show a couple times. And sometimes we're talking about things we used to do. And I'll talk about food I used to eat. And he's like, you just literally disgust me sometimes. Like I, I, I was over 400 pounds and I could never think about doing that. And I'm like, I did that every day. Suck it up. Yeah. Um, so man yeah, up. so let's, there you go. There you go, man. But so check him out and, and don't forget, you can also, I, I well, before I get into my own spiel, uh, I just want to really want to say thank you, Anthony, for taking some time for me today. Pushing oh, those no kids problem. off for a little bit so that we get to we <laughs> well, get to finally make this happen. I know we get delayed. They they knew yeah. they just they come they come down anyway. I love it that they're here and they come down and you know that's but oh, that's awesome. too is, you know being around them. But uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you. This was awesome. This was, this was a lot of fun. Definitely, yeah. I'm I'm really excited. You know, for people to hear this and like I said, go check out his show. I was on there, so you can hear that episode. I mean, to yes, be honest can. with you, I would like to. I, I would like to make that one your number one downloaded episode. So, if people out there haven't listened yet, go on over there and Do knock it. him off. Um, yes, make it happen. I like the challenge. Yep. Pump up those. Pump up those listens. That'd be awesome. Uh, man, enjoy yourself. Have a great day and a really awesome holiday season. You know, too, I, I know we're rec- we're we're recording a couple days before Christmas, so I'm going to say Merry Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope you. I hope you. You guys. I know it's. I know it's a challenging time of year, but I just think it's it's great that you're able to be together. So that that sounds that's really awesome, man. So just thank, thank you, you Merry, so much. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. And I know you guys went through some losses, but hopefully, uh, you know, the holidays bring some some cheer and some happiness. Always does, always does. And if it doesn't bring cheer and happiness with my family, it'll bring some drama, which will will make us forget about all the other stuff going on anyway. So that's we'll, always we'll fun get too. To it. <laughs> there you go. Exactly, exactly. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a it's not a holiday in the in the gourmet household unless there's there's a little bit of drama. So we'll, we'll nice. I'm sure we'll find some. But if you want to connect with me and you haven't yet, and who who the heck are you that you haven't connected with me? If you're listening to this show, you can find me at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. On Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto on Twitter, uh, you may have maybe you maybe you found this podcast because you saw me in the Daily Mail this week. You know, I got a lot of a lot of weird things happening lately, so that's a, like some some good stuff. So connect with me on those channels. Drop the show an email at thefatguyforum at gmail.com if you want to. Don't forget, there's a couple of links in the in the show notes for all of Anthony's stuff will be there, but also I've got some affiliate programs in there where you can give a little bit of support to the show by, by buying yourself some cool stuff. So go check that out. Thank you again, my friends. And if you're listening to this before the new year, I want to say, don't forget that 2019 was the year of some amazing people. And that's all of you. And we're going to make 2020 even better. So go out there, do something amazing today and prove to yourself that you truly are an amazing person. Catch y'all next time on the fat guy forum. (laughs) 